Hey, Rip City. This is Justice Winslow, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Holdall. Greetings, Blizzard fans, and welcome to The Briefcase, episode 37 of The Briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall, and we are continuing our exit interview editions of The Briefcase today with Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic. Both players were asked about their future with the Portland Trailblazers, though for seemingly different reasons. We'll hear from Yusuf and from Jeremy and consider the first round of the 2023 NBA playoffs on this edition of The Briefcase. Considering that it's been just a little over a week since Portland's season ended, there's not a whole lot of Trailblazers new to discuss. Though the team did announce last week that Asir Little underwent another surgery to repair a core muscle injury at the Vincera Institute, which is where both Damian Lillard and Gary Payton too had their core muscle surgeries last year. You might recall that Little had this procedure done last offseason, though that was for the left side, while the most recent surgery is to repair the right side. Also, I'm not sure if it's necessarily related, though it would actually make some sense if it was, but Little had missed six weeks this season with a mild femoral head impaction fracture, so not sure if those two things are related, but one would assume that if he had a hip injury on the right hip, and he's also having another core muscle injury surgery on the right hip, that that head impaction fracture might have had something to do with that core muscle injury. They're pretty scant on details, but those things might be somewhat related, though it also probably doesn't really matter either. He had the surgery to repair the right side, just as he had the surgery to repair the left side last year. This most recent surgery is the third surgery in the last 14 months for Nas. He's had the two core muscle surgery and a surgery to repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder. Nas is still just 23 years old, and I really hope more than anything else, he's able to just put these surgeries behind him and have a run of good health. He's got the talent. He's got the physical gifts to be successful. He just has to have the opportunity to be on the court for a consistent amount of time. And his body has to allow him to do that if he's going to have success in this league. I think it makes some sense now why Nas ended up taking that deal before the start of the season. I think he had some people look at that deal and say Nas could probably get more if he waited. But I think Nas probably knows his own body, wanted to make sure he had that security. And now he's able to rehab from this last surgery while not necessarily having to worry about his next contract, which was the case last season. So once again, Nas with another core muscle surgery, this one to repair the right side, the last one was to repair the left side. Team says he'll have a full recovery. Hopefully that's in time for training camp. One of the things that held Nas back a little bit this year was that he wasn't fully healthy until very late in training camp. Kept him from getting the reps that I think he was hoping to get in order to get that starting spot, which eventually went to Josh Hart. So hopefully Nas is able to get the surgery squared away, get healthy, be ready to go in time for training camp, and show what he can do. Because Nas is a guy that if he's able to take that next step, it really helps this team take that next step forward. That's one more position you don't have to fill out. You have a guy, Nas, who is still up and coming, but has been in the league long enough that he knows what's going on. The exact kind of player that Portland needs, just need him to be healthy. All right, moving on, let's go ahead and do a quick lap around the first couple days of the NBA playoffs. Apologies if any of this is out of date by the time you listen to this podcast. That's just the way things go. And while injuries have been an issue, as is always the case in the playoffs, but otherwise, the games have generally been good to great and featured many of the lower-seeded teams pulling off Game 1 upsets. So let's go ahead and do a quick lap, as I mentioned, around the NBA playoffs, starting with the East. The Heat, who lost to the Hawks in the 7-8 playing game, had to beat the Bulls to secure the final playoff spot in the East, upset the Bucks 130-117 on Sunday behind 35 points and 11 assists from Jimmy Butler. Of course, the main issue with Giannis Antetokounmpo playing just 11 minutes after taking a hard fall on his tailbone, and his status going forward is still to be determined. And not that it's close to the same thing, but the Heat also lost Tyler Hero for the postseason to two fractures in his hand that he sustained while diving for a loose ball. Game 2 between the Bucks and the Heat in Milwaukee is scheduled for Wednesday at 6 p.m. on NBA TV. 
Moving on, the two-seed Celtics cruise past the seven-seed Hawks, 112-99 in Boston on Saturday in one of the few playoff games that was never really all that competitive. Game two in this series is scheduled for Tuesday at 4 p.m., and this is one of the series that would expect to go five games max. The three-seed 76ers are up 2-0 on the six-seed Brooklyn Nets after winning the first two games by an average of 16 points. The series moves to Brooklyn for Game 3 on Thursday. Tip-off scheduled for 4.30 p.m. on TNT for that one. But this one doesn't feel especially competitive. And last but not least in the East, our good friend Josh Hart came up with 17 points and 10 rebounds to help the five-seed Knicks take down the four-seed Cavaliers 101-97 in Cleveland on Saturday. Josh, who has been playing through ankle injuries all season long, is listed as questionable for Game 2, which is scheduled for for Tuesday at 4.30. All the best to Josh. Really hoping they come out in that series. That's the one I'm actually rooting for the most. All the other ones, eh. Whoever wins, wins. I don't really care much. Actually, I take that back. Nick Batum's my boy still, so I hope the Clippers actually win that series as well. And moving on to the western side of the bracket, the one-seed Nuggets easily dispatched the eight-seed Timberwolves 109-80 in Denver on Sunday. Again, this one feels like a gentleman's sweep at best, with Game 2 being scheduled for Wednesday at 7 p.m. on TNT. As I believe I said on the last edition of the briefcase, it felt like the seven-seed Lakers were being overvalued as a potential championship contender, but they shut me up with a 128-112 victory versus the Grizzlies in Memphis on Sunday behind strong performances from Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, and Rui Hachimura. Notice I didn't say LeBron James, who had an okay game, but was definitely not the reason why the Lakers went on to win that game, something you're not accustomed to seeing out of a LeBron James team in the playoffs. John Morant hurt his hand trying to jump over Anthony Davis, and while it's not broken, it did aggravate a pre-existing sauce to injury tissue, making him a game-time decision for Game 2, which is scheduled for Wednesday at 4.30pm on TNT. The series is basically over if the Lakers win the first two games in Memphis, so you can basically assume that John Morant is going to play. However, if he's not at their best, Memphis's path to winning the series goes from difficult to dang near impossible. They just don't have the size with both Steven Adams and Brandon Clark out to face up against a large Lakers team. They also don't have much experience either. And I think that team is just a little, I don't know if they have leadership on their floor on that team just yet, which is something you need in the playoffs. And I just don't know if that team has it at this point in time. The 3-6 matchup between the Kings and the Warriors has been everything fans hoped it would be except in one way. While many, myself included, assumed that the Warriors, the defending champs whose core has been together for going on a decade now, would take the series, though the Kings have jumped out to a 2-0 lead by winning the first two games in Sacramento. Game 2 featured Draymond Green stomping on Debonis Tabonis' chest, so you know that Game 3 in San Francisco, which is scheduled for Thursday at 7pm on TNT, is going to be a spicy one. Obviously, if the Kings win that one, the series is over. A lot of talk about how Steph has never been down 2-0 in a series. He is now. So we'll finally have a chance to see how the Warriors function as an underdog. Should be an interesting one. And finally, the 5-seed Clippers held off the 4-seed Suns 115-110 to take Game 1 in Phoenix on Sunday night. We'll see how it goes in Game 2, which is scheduled for Tuesday at 7pm on TNT. But it does seem that the Suns, while they have more top-end talent in Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, don't have the depth that they need to go up against a team like the Clippers, case in point... Only one player, Landry Shamit, played more than eight minutes off the Suns bench, while all four of the Clippers bench rotation players saw at least 13 minutes. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is playing phenomenal right now. If that Suns team had been together even after Kevin Durant got traded, I think you'd feel much better about their chances after Game 1. But the fact that they haven't played much together, the teams that they did play going into the playoffs, not exactly of a high caliber, and they're not as deep, and you have a team in the Clippers that has a lot of playoff experience, a lot of veteran components, I think that one's going to be a lot tougher for the Suns than people assumed it would be. Well, with all that said, let's go ahead and move on to exit interviews, first by hearing from Jeremy Grant about his impending free agency, 
how involved he would like to be in building of the roster, his thoughts on Portland's season, and playing for Chauncey Billups. Take it away, Jeremy. Jeremy, Dame said he expects you back next year. Maybe got a decision ahead of you and all that, but how do you, do you feel the same way? Expect to be back? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like it here. Looking forward to the talks and trying to figure something out. So uh, I definitely feel comfortable here. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see when it comes to that. How much are you going to weigh what else happens in making your decision in terms of the roster? Looking to win regardless of where you end up or are you committed to or plan on being here regardless of what they do? I think that definitely makes a difference. I definitely want to win. I think Joe and them are capable of, you know, making something happen and putting us in a position to be able to be in the playoffs, not only be in the playoffs, but, you know, make some noise. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that we, we talk about with my agents and talk about with Joe and Chauncey and everybody. So, Jeremy, how much do you expect to be involved in whatever discussions go on with, you know, additions, trades, all that kind of stuff? Like, you, are you expecting Joe and the Chauncey and, like, the front office to – consult you or at least like ask your opinion about like who's they're considering if you're going to be a part of this going forward i think that's that's on them i think they're more than capable of doing it you know without me they're good at their job so um, not too much but at the same time you know maybe maybe they talk to me about decisions that they're about to make or something like that i'm not really sure but like i said i think they're more than capable of making decisions for themselves so yeah why would you come back it's a family setting. I think just being here for this year, um, I've been able to become really close friends with a lot of people on the team, a lot of the staff, a lot of people here. And I think for me, that's a huge part of where you want to work, where who you want to be around all year, or, you know, for the next five years or whatever, whatever it might be. So um, I think that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, on the court, just growing as a team. And like you said, putting something together to where we're, we're winning. So. You just mentioned five years. So the five years aspect is important to you rather than a four year not necessarily, but um, I mean, security is, is always cool. So, Jeremy, you have one of your better years this year before getting shut down. What is it, the evolution through your career, whether it's early on in Philly, OKC, Denver, where you've had so many different roles? Do you feel like after kind of seeing how things have stacked up this year, this is the best kind of role for you? I definitely had fun. Um, I definitely had, um, like you said, I think it. It's definitely been one of my more efficient years. So overall, a solid year for me individually. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, I, I do want to win. I think um, it's been good for me, though. It's been good for my growth as a player, being able to play with Dame, Ant, Nurk, everybody. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been good for me. So. Why do you think you guys didn't win? It's hard to say. Maybe we got to look back at it. We weren't healthy for most of the year. I don't think our starting five played more than 10 games together um, in an 82-game season, which is... Okay, Our starting five played thirty-two games. Thirty-three, eighteen, and fifty. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I think we've been injured though. I think it's, and I think that's that's most teams are going to be like that. But um, at the same time, it's it's a lot of different variations that go into losing and stuff like that. So not sure exactly what it is. If we all knew the answers, then the problem would be fixed. So. Dan talked about and Nerd talked about needing more veterans on this team, veteran depth. And Dan did not seem interested at all in acquiring another 19 or 20 year old through the draft do you think it's important that regardless of what happens in terms of landing a star or not landing a star that they improve the the number of veterans on this team who are adults uh for sure young teams typically don't win uh that's more for development and uh 
getting forward, obviously, you keep a few young guys, you know, and, and you grow them. But um, for the most part, yeah, for sure. If you if you want to win, you you got to get older. You got to get veterans, not necessarily older, but players who've been in the league and have experience. Jeremy, Dame said that he knows of players around the league who would be, I think he said, needle movers who would be interested in coming here. Um, you know, you're well-traveled. You know got as many guys as anybody. I'm curious, what about this situation would make a player on the outside want to come be a part of it? I think if we show that we're moving in the right direction, and I think that has to start with putting pieces together and putting pieces in play for them to see that. I think if they don't see that, then no one wants to come. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an eventful offseason for sure. So, What's your assessment of Chauncey as a coach? Uh, I love Chauncey. I think he's a great coach. He's still learning. He's figuring things out. But I think the biggest thing that he gets from us is – is we want to play for him. And I think as a coach, I think people overlook that aspect of things. And uh, just having somebody that you want to go to war with every night is is, is huge. And Jackson knows he, he has them. He has them all. And he's, he's still learning how to put it into play. So there you go. Jeremy Grant sharing some of his thoughts about his first season in Portland. Obviously, Jeremy Grant being a free agent this offseason doesn't want to divulge too much about what his and his agency's plan is for his free agency. But I think in general... Taking in Jeremy's comments throughout the season, his comments at exit interviews, it seems like there's a lot of affinity there, a lot of desire to come back to Portland. Obviously, they have to come to agreement on a number, but it seems like, at least from an interest perspective, the team is obviously interested in re-signing Jeremy Grant. Jeremy seems somewhat interested in coming back to Portland. Now they just got to get in the room and figure those things out. Kind of a tough situation for guys who are in that situation to talk after a season. You want to be honest, but you also don't want to really show all of your cards from a negotiation standpoint. So I get where Jeremy's coming from there. I also thought it was interesting, too, that he mentioned not really being all that concerned about whether or not they ask him about personnel moves. And, you know, I I think there's an assumption out there that every single player wants to have a hand in every single decision that a team makes from a personnel standpoint. And in my experience, that has not been the case. You know, some guys do. Some guys want to be consulted. Some guys want to know. Some guys want to have a full-on say on what a team is going to do from a personnel perspective. But I think for a lot of guys, it's like, no, my job is to come in and play basketball. I'm fine doing just that. You guys handle all of the stuff around the team. When guys are on the team, I will make a point of being a good teammate. But as far as the roster building goes, that's someone else's job. If they want to give me a heads up, great. But I'm not exactly expecting that, nor do I need to have a say in those things. That has really been, in my experience more of the wavelength NBA players are on. Now, there's been an increase, as you might expect, with all this quote-unquote player empowerment movement that guys want to have more of a say. But I think that's just five, six guys in the league. I think for the most part, most players are fine with just being on the team, being a good teammate, and playing with the guys that the team puts around them. Not everyone wants to be a general manager. Now let's go ahead and hear from Yusuf Nurkic, who was asked about his future with the Trailblazers, why the team's defense hasn't improved, and his thoughts on both Chauncey Billups and Shaden Sharp. Nurk always speaks his mind, which makes it a great guy to interview. Let's hear what Nurk has to say. Nurk, how has it been for you over the last two years, missing time after having to miss so much time coming back from the injury? Basketball-wise, obviously, you know, we all try to put stuff together to go back to the playoffs, and... Um, I think we obviously both years fell short. Fortunately, you don't want to finish season like we finished, but then at this point, it is what it is, and you you got to look at the mirror and do whatever it takes to put a team or put it um, in the right piece around so you can go where you want to go. 
How has it been for you mentally? I mean, when you go through the injuries, you know, like I said, we are human beings, and you're going through a lot of stuff personal life too, so it's basketball come kind of safe place. But, um, you know, losing sucks, and mentally sometimes can be hard, but I think the injuries is more harder than just basketball stuff. But, um, you know, unfortunate things is that you want to win, and, and when it's not happening, and it's like um, going through the motions, and sometimes it's just it's a bad feeling, bad taste. <laughs> Eric, why do you think you guys haven't been able to make a jump defensively the last couple of years? Really no answer. And I think, especially, you know, we can all say it's health. We can, you know, we're not healthy through the course of 82 games. But, um, you know, I don't expect myself to sit here and give excuses. I think we just didn't do it at this point. So whatever, you know, the team, Chauncey and Joe and ownership, they probably know better than, than, than I have. You know, I think personally I tried my best to do whatever they was trying or asking me to do it in best capable form that I could. And as a team, I think we were just not getting that over the hump, maybe for a week or two, but not, not for the stretch of the, the course of the season. Do you hope to come back next year? I plan on leaving. Is there anything that you would like to see the franchise do to improve the roster? Is there, is there different elements, different pieces that you think this team needs? Not throwing anyone currently on the new bus, but just certain. I mean, we all know we all grow as people. Like in this league, you have to have veterans to win the games. And as much as I love young people and stories, I think at any stage you have to have veterans to be able to play games when you you know down people, when you're having luck with the injuries and or bad luck with injuries, I think, down the league, when you look at it through the history too, there's not a lot of young teams who won championships. And I think that's the biggest ones. you got to have experienced guys. Do you feel like you're at a fork in the road with, with you and this franchise at all going into this offseason? For in which way? Like, do you... There were obviously rumors of, you know, trade deadline stuff, whatever. Do you feel like there's there's a fork in the road happening here, whether you're staying... I mean, there's rumors every year. You know, I, I have my family calling me, and it's like, they're saying this, they're saying that. I said this every year. Then one year, you might be right. You know, I said that before. As long as they're here and we expire to win and, and build a championship team, and I think I'm, 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 I'm a player of that, you know, to be in championship teams and nine lottery teams. So as long as I want it, you know, if people wanted me here, I'm going to be here. I'm not going to ask for trade or try to go somewhere else. You know, it's my seventh season here. I'm sitting home regardless of what happened. You know, at the end of the day, you know, my phone going to be on. And, and if that, that happened, I'm going to still love all of you. So it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not, there's no bad taste and, and bad feeling about Portland. It's never going to be. If they think they can get a better player for me, then I don't know what they're waiting for then. But, you know, I think... I put out, you know, as much as I was on the floor, I put out what I got and, and, and considering the, the roles I've been through. So I don't see this end. You know, I just see improvements. But um, to answer your question, no, I'm, I'm here to stay. But it's not just my side too, right? So, What's your assessment of Chauncey as a coach? I think he grew a lot um, in those two seasons. I think he definitely grew and. and you know, I love Chance. You know, I love playing for him. I love being coached by him and, and his staff. I think my 
three-point shots improved because of him and his coaching staff, period. Confidence and work, you know, and just overall think he bring a lot to the table, but in this case scenario, we didn't, you know, perform the, you know, we like at least. And um, sometimes it's it's bad situation because everything falls on the coach, and I don't think it's a, it's a case. Really disagree with that case scenario. I think everybody can be blamed, but I don't think Chauncey can be at this point. What's your impression of Shade? I mean, Shade, since day one, I feel like the capability of his playing basketball from one-on-one to five-on-five, and I think he grow last a month or so. And, you know, when you when he just got here, you will see the kid is such a talent, but he just don't know how to play basketball. Don't know what is the coverage is. Don't know what is the backdoor. What is like simple stuff. He just never been through that part. And now you can see actually he, you know, being double team and going through those scouting reports. And you can see his growth. He can actually bring the floor up and pass the ball and see like more maturity of uh, of style of play. So I think it's kind of the limit for him. And regardless what happened on all of us, I think he have so many years in this league coming. So there you go. Yusuf Nurkic comments at 2023 exit interviews. I thought it was interesting that he also stressed the importance of having veterans on your team. Jeremy said similar things, that it's not necessarily about having old guys on your team. It's about having guys who have experience on your team. You can still be 25 and have experience, obviously, with one and done. By the time you're 25 in the NBA, you could be on your second, third contract at that point. So it's not necessarily we need to get older. It's just we need to get more experienced. Obviously, Nurk provides that experience, as does a guy like Jeremy, and along with Dame and Chauncey Billups, everyone seems to be indicating that, hey, we need a team that has more veteran presence. And when you have two draft picks in the upcoming draft, as important Trailblazers do, and you hear guys talking about the importance of having veterans, I think that obviously is going to carry some weight in terms of how they decide to proceed with those draft picks. I also thought it was very interesting, too, that Nurk really got asked a couple of questions about his future with the team. While Jeremy got asked about being a free agent and wanting to come back to Portland, the tenor of the questions that Nurk got seemed to be, this team is going to trade you. What do you think about that? And granted, there were rumors about Nurk at the trade deadline. Nothing obviously ended up happening. Nurk's still under contract, I believe, for three more seasons. And I thought the way that he answered those questions was good. You know, Nurk is a guy who I think sometimes can allow those things to get the best of him. But he was honest. He's like, hey, as far as I know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not asking to be traded. As long as the team is trying to win, I want to be here trying to win. And I think in the past, Nurk would have maybe bristled a little bit at the notion of, oh, they want to trade me? Like, it seems like there's some growth there from Nurk. You obviously need to see it on the court, need to be healthy, which is something that Nurk has struggled with over the last couple seasons. But the assumption that Nurk's days with his team are over, I think are a bit overblown, if I'm being perfectly honest. I understand him getting those questions, but I don't know. I just don't see it. I think Nurk is on this team next season. And that seems like a good place to end this edition of The Briefcase. We'll wrap up the exit interview editions later on this week with Ant Simons and Shaden Sharp. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Casey Holdall. You have been listening to The Briefcase. Go Blazers.